Hello, nerds. We're brought to you by Proper Cloth. Proper Cloth is a premium quality, perfect fitting shirt that you can buy over at propercloth.com. Now, here's the thing. When we're getting emails from you guys, a lot of common questions are, how should I dress for my date? How can I look really good and really proper for my date in a way that will impress her? Here's the thing. There's really no right or wrong answer, but if you're wanting to leave a really great impression, Proper Cloth is going to help you with that. Now, six months back, they asked me to try out one of their shirts and they said, our shirts will last a while. Yes, they do cost a little bit more than your standard shirts, but they will last you a lot longer and that dollar will go a lot farther than it would with a bunch of these other shirts, which will rip, which will tear, which will look worn down and ratty after a few washes. Not with proper cloth. Not only is it custom fitted to fit your body in a way that's going to make you look great because that's the thing fitting clothes really does matter you don't want a shirt that looks too big on you or a shirt that looks too small on you and with proper cloth they make sure that the shirt looks perfectly fit on you so it is properly conforming to your size and shape which is great that's what you need now here's the thing these shirts do cost a little bit more and the quality is in the pricing of course but we're here to help if you use gift code nerds and love at checkout you will get twenty dollars off your first custom shirt now again these shirts do last a lot while but we're going to give you a little bit of a discount here so that you can get the shirt that you need and get into a shirt that's going to get you more dates and hopefully more success in your dating life so check out propercloth.com see what kind of shirts they have and hopefully you can find one that will get you farther in your dating life with that said let's get on with the show Thanks for your time. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong, you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body. And I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth out. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave, please. I could use your help. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Have you been single for far too long? Are you out of touch with the dating game? Regardless of your plight, we're here to help. Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to attempt number two of recording an episode of Nerds in Love. First time we tried to record, it just crashed and failed, which is not fun, but here we are. Um, by we, I mean Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, you can find <laughs> over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. I'm recording during the day rather than at night, so you could all whole different podcast this time. This is true. Because of the time zones, it's like 10 a.m., so I get up, and uh, my partner just was like, why are you up so early? It's a day off. I'm like, I got to record an episode with Steph. 
so yay but you know what? it's good because you know you have your coffee you have your breakfast and then you just sit down and record i wish i could do this every day but not not feasible so because you're having tell me what it is you're having a it's, a, it's called a stat day it was um statutory day off yeah so we just have days off that are like it's technically called bc day and i think it's like the founding of british columbia but i mean oh. nobody goes out in the streets and is celebrating that everyone's just nobody like, has parades or fireworks or anything no we did have our pride festival pride parade uh, yesterday that was fun oh cool how was that that was good i even got to meet the prime minister of canada so that was very uh, oh really yeah because he was in the parade oh. and then he came up and was waving and said hello and i was like hey he's like hi thanks for coming out and then i was like i feel like i've touched the hand of god i'm super really like listen to the podcast it's I'm super like, cool now i'm gonna email and be like hey remember that time we met at the parade you probably definitely don't remember me but i do uh you want to come on this podcast oh you should Nah. That would be fun. I bet you he'd do it. He is. He pretty, seems pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I mean, compared to Trump, he's like the coolest around. Like, it's oh, kind well, of funny. That's right? not. Yeah, I mean, that's not hard to. I watched. I saw this comic. And it was pretty funny. It was like uh all like the north american leaders showing up at the party and then it was like trump's the guy at the party that everyone was just like oh really he's here you didn't tell me he was coming yeah it's pretty funny yeah uh anyways this is not a politics podcast or statutory holiday podcast this is a dating advice show uh geared towards nerdy people but we we take all uh questions and people seeking advice uh being a nerd's okay yeah, that's the thing. That's kind of why I think we what the name is. It's like, it's okay to be a nerd. You know, I think, like, generally speaking, a lot of people tend to think, like, oh, nerds are more into video games and stuff than dating. But it's like, nah, everyone's got needs. Everyone's got questions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, as a reminder, though, this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, just as a heads up in case that's what you were expecting. Uh, but if you do need actual mental health treatment, you can go to Psychology Today and find a psychologist in your area, or you can always reach out to Steph on our website there. So. Yeah, and there's also the National Suicide Hotline, too, which is, I believe it's the hotline.org. Yeah, I think we have it linked on our website there. So Yeah, that's right, we do. All right, first email is from Jessica. Jessica says, nerds, I've been dating this guy for four years, and I've noticed that things aren't exactly moving along well. We've lived together for two years, and we've and he's never proposed or seemed interested in doing so. He'll constantly talk about the good old days or the relation of the relationship, which weirds me out because it makes me feel like things are different when they aren't. What should I do here, Jessica? Jessica, have you addressed your concerns and what you want? Uh, if he's happy with the way things are and you're not, it's time to reassess um, the nature of relationship. And also, the romantic phase of relationship only lasts six months to a year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can look back upon that with fondness, but it's also very normal for a relationship to move on from that phase, too. Now, that doesn't mean your attraction ends. It just means that you don't you okay. don't have as much of the infatuation part. Yeah, I think so. Maybe he's missing that. I mean, it's something you just really just need to sit down and talk about. Yeah, well, it kind of like seemed a little off for me is that he's like he's nostalgic for a relationship that he's currently in. Like that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. And even if, like, that was something that you're feeling, to say that is, like, not not cool at all. Like, you don't go in and be like, ah, yes, the good old days of the relationship. Like, that, that I can see how that can be concerning for you because that comes across as saying, like, well, wait, does the current, like, time just not work for you? Like, stuff like that is just odd. Um, I would 
probably say like if you think that it's going to continue to be an issue then i would say yeah it's maybe it's time to maybe reevaluate the relationship because i mean i get it maybe the the honeymoon phase or the romantic phase is over but still there should be things about the relationship that still excite you and you shouldn't just be constantly looking back at the time before and so saying well that was the best part of this relationship well no it's like yeah maybe it was maybe more exciting maybe more thrilling but there should be parts of the relationship that you still enjoy that's why you should be in a relationship so the fact that he's so nostalgic says to me that he's maybe not wanting to actually move on but he's kind of have checked out so i don't know you can talk to him about it. i don't really know if he'd give you any clear answers i don't even know if he knows what's going on but um yeah it really depends on what you want to do um but i would also add that it could just be him just wishing that maybe things were a little bit different maybe. and he's not sure how to get back to that like maybe you guys maybe he felt like you guys connected better back then or you had more time for each other so maybe it's his way of saying that hey i'd like some things to be better so again that's something that only he can answer and that's why it's really important just to have an honest discussion and also there's nothing wrong with you wanting more out of the relationship too it, it sounds like maybe you're trying to talk yourself out of saying that's what you need, maybe. That may be off, but um, you have a right to want what you want, and that's okay. And it's really important to talk about it, because eventually it comes out anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Best of luck, Jessica. Uh, you know, let us know how things go. Uh, all right, next email is from Don. Don says, nerds, I was walking to my bus stop the other day, and I see this girl, I gotta say, she's a 10 out of 10, meaning she's like perfect for it in dog size just in case anyone didn't know what the 10 out of 10 meant uh, she's got a j-lo booty and a fantastic set of boobs i know that's all superficial but hey that's what i have so far how should i approach her should i just be like yo you and j-lo share a fine booty just kidding or maybe not i don't know help me please don uh definitely don't start with a line like that unless you want her to slap a restraining order on you um I would say, yeah, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with the traditional hello or hi or, hey, I've seen you a couple times, you know, around, you know, just thought I'd introduce myself. Uh, I think a lot of times people think that they immediately have to jump into trying to establish a romantic sort of relationship right away. But I think your first thing should be to get to know this person, get to know them. Yeah, you know, you might want to maybe find out if they're married or in a serious relationship before you start asking them out. So just get to know the person and uh, start off slow. But, uh, you know, if they're single and maybe show some similar interest in you, then I'd say go for it. But I wouldn't start off as aggressively as you're describing because that's probably not going to go well. But what do you think, Steph? Well, I, I, uh, Donna, I actually had Kurt read this one because I, I felt uncomfortable reading it. And I think it's because there's some objectification going on. And I, I know that, you know, when we see people that, yeah, the way they look is something that first catches our eye. Um, and you don't know this person, but there is, I feel like there is a little bit too much of an emphasis on how she looked. So, and I agree with Kurt, you know, you just need to get to know somebody first and just try making small talk. Um, but I think the emphasis on her body was a little bit much. So I would make sure when you're talking with her that you definitely don't go down that path and you just make a you know small talk. And we've talked about how to make small talk and you know, what's the weather 
or, you know, how are you today or, you know, that kind of thing and try to not ogle or do anything like that because that's a big turnoff for women. So. But best of luck, Don, in, uh, in the pursuit of the J-Lo booty that you're so after. Um, all right. Next email is from Hector. Hector says, nerds, I was talking to this girl I met on OkCupid. It got annoying uh kind of in that she would send five messages or something then when i wasn't busy i'd reply she'd send five more almost right away then i tell her i'll be away for a month and she said how she's so sad keep in mind we haven't met yet she asked for my number and i'm hesitant but agree so she does the same thing five messages then messages me on okcupid and is like are you mad at me? So with no one else around to consult on this, I went with my gut and blocked her on OkCupid and her number. I'm guessing he means on her on his phone. Now I'm wondering if I was too harsh. What should I do the next time this happens? If it does, Hector, um, I'd say you you establish some boundaries. I I don't know. Maybe you could have gone a bit further to establish those, but you established boundaries, and she was clearly going past them and not being respectful. And obviously that's not something you're inviting in a relationship. And I think we've said countless times, both people need to be uh, in agreement and things in a relationship. So the fact that you weren't comfortable with how she was messaging you says to me it wasn't going to work. So um, yeah, you maybe could have said something. I think it might've been in her benefit to maybe learn why you blocked her before you did. I don't know if she necessarily has the, the understanding to know why you did, but at the same time too, I, you know, I don't think you necessarily owe her anything. Um, but yeah, I, I think you probably did the right thing with maybe some adjustments with what could have been done better. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's overly egregious what you did. But what do you think, Steph? I would say explaining why you're doing it might actually make things worse mm. uh, because it's it's engaging with the person. And I think going with your gut, you can never go wrong. Yeah. So, Hector, I think you felt like something was wrong and I would just go with that. And maybe not give out your number if you're hesitant to yeah. in the future. Um, so, you know, th I think that at least she lets you know her personality type from the beginning. And, um, yeah, always go with your gut. I think our gut always works in our, our best interest. So, um, and again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to engage. And the next time it happens, I think um, the first time you have someone send five messages and then sent five right away. I think that's enough of a red flag to say this is probably not going to work. I mean, it's tough because sometimes that kind of attention feels good. Yeah. But notice when it's tipping over into this is too much. And also, pay attention to that gut feeling. Also, the fact that they this person wasn't respectful of the fact that, like, you weren't able to respond right away. The fact that, like, mm -hmm. they just made assumptions that you weren't that you didn't like them and all this, like that's pretty insecure and that insecurity can also cause issues down the road too. So. Mm -hmm. right. Um, all right. Okay. What's that beeping? Let me read Chris. Oh, is there beeping or is that just me? No, that's, uh, that's Roomba. He's um, so I have, I have a white noise machine on and a really thick door, <laughs> a solid wood door and Roomba got caught on something. Because usually we don't talk at one, and Roomba's time, I've realized Roomba's time is one. So we don't have barking dogs, but now we have Roomba getting caught on something, so. Well, good luck, Roomba. He's, he's, he's angry. Yeah, Michael just went out to save Roomba from his, whatever calamity he has run into. Captivity. Right. 
So, okay, so Chris, so nerds, I go to the bar a few times a week, and when I do, I always feel like I could be doing more to attract women. Is there anything I can do? I don't want to go out asking every girl out or something like that. My thinking is I want to scope the room out first. How do I do this? Chris, well, you were a bartender, right, Kurt? So you'd probably be able to answer this better because I don't really yeah. go to bars. I think um, like, the biggest thing is always to just like establish some eye contact first. Like eye contact is always going to be like the easiest way to sort of just see if somebody's interested in you. If you sort of give them eye contact and they aren't reciprocating or they're like flat out ignoring you or moving away, then obviously you, you have your clues. But if somebody is like looking back at you and you guys are keeping eye contact, you know, maybe you can like beckon them to, well, not beckon them. That sounds like a wrong word, but like maybe just gesture to like come over to you or go over to them or whatever. But I think it always starts with eye contact. And if you're not wanting to just go up and ask every single person out in the room that, which I would agree is not a good idea. Um, I'd say, yeah, like just keeping some level of eye contact and thinking like, Hey, well, what exactly, you know, like what's this person's response going to be? And you expect that you might look at people and they might laugh and they might, you know, ignore you. Like that's part of it, but try to scope out the room and see what you can find. And then if somebody returns eye contact, then you know, at least it might be worth chatting with them. So. So I have a, I have a question just from, again, because you worked in this, this kind of location. So what, how difficult is it to, have a conversation when you've got all sound going on. Is that an issue too? Does is it that um, you need to really meet with somebody outside of that, or most or bars no? will have it at a pretty like reasonable volume so that you should be able to hear, still hear somebody. Okay, so that's not so much an issue. Like okay. if you have a live act, that gets a little different just because the live acts set their own volume. But mm -hmm. if it's just like a regular, like they're playing off a CD player or whatever, then they'll almost always set the volume at a level where people can still talk. Okay. And, if that's and, and maybe also, oh, go ahead. And if you feel like you can't, then yeah, most will have like a patio that you can go out to. So oh, that's true. Yeah. And, and I also just brush up on your small talk topics. I think that's always a good thing to do yeah. is to, you know, we talk about what are the things you don't, you don't want to talk about politics. You don't want to talk about what, what there's an acronym. I'm always trying to remember the acronym. Of things you shouldn't talk about and things are acceptable. Things that are acceptable to talk about. Like to, sex, religion. Sex, politics, religion. Yeah, those are things you don't want to bring up death. Uh, but if you talk about things like, you know, the weather or, you know, compliment somebody, hey, I really like that shirt you're wearing. I usually can't go wrong with that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and if you have to practice your, your kind of, I don't want to say pick up lines. It's not really pick up lines. It's just small talk because that you yeah. can do small talk with anyone. Um, do a role play with a, with a trusted friend or family member because again, um, small talk is just something even on the elevators at work, you're going to have small talk with people. So um, it just really helps just to practice with someone, what you would say to someone if you are in a situation where someone starts talking to you or you want to strike up a conversation. I think that's kind of, it's becoming almost like a lost art form uh, because we tend to look at our phones more now. So, uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, I would practice doing small talk skills. I know there's a lot of videos on YouTube about small talk. I think there's a social skills subreddit yeah, that might have information on that too. There's a bunch so, of stuff so, that you can. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's, it's always a good skill to brush up on. Yeah. But yeah, I think like in terms of like initially seeing if somebody is interested, because I think that's like sort of the, the core of the question. It's like, Hey, mm -hmm. where, where, how do you at least know if somebody's interested? Just eye contact right. with you the best way. Because again, if somebody ignores you or laughs at you or 
keeps the eye contact going. That's how you'll know whether you want to keep it going or not. And be prepared that sometimes people will sort of give you a signal that you might misinterpret or something. And you get over there and you find out they have a boyfriend or they have something like this. And I tell everybody, like, if you're going into those situations, whatever you do, don't take out your frustration on that person if it didn't go the way that you wanted. Because it's easy for it to go not the way you want you to get frustrated because maybe they have a boyfriend or maybe, you know, they're not sexually attracted to you or who knows what. But just it's just timing. Yeah, sometimes it's timing. Just don't keep in mind that, like, when you go to talk to somebody, I don't want to say expect to get turned down, but be prepared that that might be an option and be prepared to handle it with maturity and some level of professionalism. I know it's a bar and you're there to have fun, but, like, you don't want to get mad at somebody because they say, hey, sorry, I'm not available to date right now. Right, as we said before, very rarely in life are things personal. Nope. So. Listen. Good luck. And also, I would recommend, too, um, try going out other places and meeting people, too. Uh, because if you do an activity that you're interested in, you have a topic to talk about with someone rather than just, just cold addressing somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would, that might be helpful, too. Just And also to get just some more experience talking with people and chatting. Yeah. So it is, I mean, I and I have to give you credit. I mean, going up to someone you don't know and starting to talk with them is, is a pretty courageous thing to do. Well, and the other thing, too, is, like, when you're on online dating, we take for granted that we just know that that person's single or at least more than likely mm-hmm. single. Um, but when you're at a bar or something, you don't have that level of insight. So right. I think it kind of goes back to that previous email where it's like you got to ask questions. you got to find out about this person because you don't have that information. So you have to find it mm-hmm. out through talking to them. And uh some people aren't, aren't good at that. Yeah, small talk and just like some people will just go up and be like, "Hey, do you want to go out sometime?" And it's like, "Well, you don't know anything really? about me." Oh yeah, wow. yeah. I feel like I've missed out as part of singledom. <laughs> I don't. I I see it happen sometimes. Like we were out actually drinking the other night, and uh, a guy went up to a girl, and he's like, "Oh, I've been watching you across the room, and really? I just thought wow. I'd ask for your number," and she literally said to him i don't know anything about you why would i give you my number and i'm like yeah she's totally right you don't know anything about her you're impulsively just jumping into the situation like she needs to know more before she gives you her number and uh yeah i had a bit of a facepalm moment on behalf of that person so i mean that would have been like i wow so if I had been watching that, it would have been like slow motion. I'd be like, no, don't do it. Well, I was thinking about it too. I'm like, I'm thinking this guy probably has read things online where it's like, go talk to people, you know, but like he, the, missing some of that context and subtext of like, well, you, you actually have to talk to somebody. You can't just go up and go in with a set goal and ask them out and whatnot. And, uh, right. And that's why it's also good to talk to, you know, it, it, whatever gender you're interested in, go talk to a friend of that gender and say, how would you feel like if I approached you and said this? Yep. we were in a bar or something always course, run it past someone and the other thing too that i would always recommend is if you can go to the bar with like a group because it mm-hmm. tends or groups tend to oh well are you there yeah i was hearing some kind of noise I wasn't sure. oh yeah now i got the doorbell ringing and the dog's barking because it's uh, 1 p.m so we have stuff being delivered uh the, all of the sounds of that are going on your household at 1 p.m. Like, well, like, you know, it's been totally quiet up until, <laughs> until this point. So I have no idea what's going on. But I've got people manning the fort. So okay. to keep the dogs quiet okay. and everything else. So. I was just like, what is that? Um, cool. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, if you can, go with a group to the bar because typically, like, groups tend to merge together and, you know. So even if you, like, I think if you go by yourself, it's a lot more work. But if you go with a group, at mm -hmm. least you can, like, meet up with other groups at the bar and chat and maybe find something some things in common with other people there that are single so uh mm -hmm. if you can maybe try to invite some other people to the bar that you can go with instead of just going on your own which it sounds like you might be doing so yeah finding other people sounds like a great idea yeah there's kind of safety in numbers yeah and hey, if you, if you want to talk to somebody you just need somebody to encourage you that's good to bring some friends for that too because i've I find even just personally, anytime I go to a bar with a group, they'll be like, hey, we met up with this other group. We're all going to sit together. And then there you go. You've you've there automatically you met like five, ten, possibly more people. Like, right. There you go. That's half your battle right there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, And you never know who knows somebody. So even if it's somebody that you might not be completely interested in dating, just talk to them because you never yeah. know if they say, hey, by the way, my cousin, you know, yeah. I think you get along really well with them. There are a lot of relationships that start that way. Yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. Did you want to read Giselle's email? I would be happy to read Giselle's email. Me, 22 female, my partner, 24 female, have been together for a couple of years. She came out to her family in 2010. They disowned her and kicked her out on the street. She had to fend for herself, and this has really hardened her to the world. This can be an issue in our relationship. She tends to be very combative in arguments and can be very standoffish. It makes it really difficult to work through issues with her, and at this point, I'm concerned if we should stay together if it's only going to get worse. What should I do here? Giselle, this is one of those cases where I'd recommend talking to a therapist. Uh, I recommend a couple's therapist. And if your girlfriend doesn't want to go, uh, just go on your own. And also knowing that she did not want to go is good data collection for you um, because that kind of tells you where she's coming from as far as whether she wants to work on stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you could also recommend she goes talk to her own person. But you can have a difficult life and not be combative in arguments. So, so it, yeah, it can make you more prone to being combative, but that in itself is not a reason to be combative in arguments. So I really think this is something that would be handled well in therapy because talking about this, it sounds like you need a neutral third party around. And, and so that's what I recommend. What yeah. do you say? Um, I guess we, we don't know Giselle, like how you're approaching these situations. Um, but I, I think we've gotten like emails like this before. And like, I think just like acknowledging when to give a partner space, but also at the same time too, like when we give a partner space, that doesn't just mean to like close ourselves off and not be open to that person. But I think like giving that person a healthy amount of space, uh, but also to like, you know, making sure that you're there and available for them is a big thing. I don't know how you respond to these. I imagine that if it's escalating like this, maybe partially like you're sort of engaging with it and maybe feeding into it. So maybe just giving your partner like some time to, you know, process these things. And again, making yourself available and all that. Uh, and yeah, if you feel like maybe you're, you're doing your best to like give them space, but also be available. Uh, and it's still not working then yeah i would i would definitely i don't think that stuff's wrong like definitely i would say the going to see therapy would be a good thing but maybe try to evaluate like how you're approaching these situations and if you find that you're not even with your best approach you're still having these situations uh yeah you might want to either go find uh like professional help or evaluate whether you want to still be in the relationship or not and be aware too like being physically 
abusive is obviously abuse, but also being verbally abusive is abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also standoffish, if she's doing uh, the stonewalling where she just completely ignores you, that's a form of emotional abuse. And that's where I'd say, you know, this is at a point where I would definitely talk to someone because combative to me, I mean, combative can mean different things to different people, but it sounds like it's at a point where, where you all probably really need to talk to someone. But yeah, I mean, that, that's also important to take a look at, at your interactions with this too. Um, but again, we're never responsible for another person's behavior. We can only control our behavior. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you want to read Sarah's email? Sure. Sarah says, nerds, I've been seeing this guy for him four months. I've noticed he's wanting to embellish the truth to suit his needs. This gets really tiring and emotionally exhausting. Two weeks ago, his cards got hacked, so his bank card and credit card all got emptied maxed out. The bank said he's insured and will be reimbursed for the amounts, but this can take weeks, and we're both on limited budget, so I offered to help, but I can only offer so much. He decided to Skype his mom to ask for help. She asked why he has no money, and instead of telling the truth, he says that I spent all of his money and that he needs help. She says that he should leave me after all of this. I haven't mentioned it to him, but I'm thinking it's time to leave him. What do you think? Sarah, run for the door. Uh, the fact that you've only been together for for four months and he's emotionally exhausting is a big red flag. Also, lying to his mother and throwing you under the bus was a better option to him than telling her that his cards were hacked, allegedly. Which, I, yeah, There's I no excuse even, for that. Yeah, I don't he took know. a situation that if this is a true situation, that's nobody's fault and puts it on you. Yeah. So get out. And we what also do don't know if even the hack thing is true, right? Because right. Like, if he's already lying to his mom, I start to question, well, is he lying to you as well? Right. right. That's kind of where I'm like, yeah, at this point, like this guy is compromised. Like I wouldn't, if I knew who he was and met him, like I wouldn't trust him at all. Like this is one of those things where you just, you know, like, I don't know I can trust anything they say anymore. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, yeah, there's really no saving that. Like you can go to try to go to counseling. You can try to talk to him about it. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be sure if it, anything that he's saying is actually true or not. And if that's the case, yeah. I think it's time that you you just leave. Um, Relationships are not supposed to be this difficult. No, definitely not. And I mean, lying just by and large is just such a huge like red flag. Like why? Mm-hmm. Like especially when it's like, yeah, you're right. Like it wasn't like it was anybody's fault except for whoever hacked the credit card. But that's not any of you. So why would he right. throw somebody under the bus when it was no one's fault to begin with? Like I could see, I'm not saying I agree with this, but I could like, I could see a situation where maybe like if he spent the money and he didn't want to admit fault, then yeah. And maybe he would like, again, I'm not saying I endorse that or support that. I could just see that, but like, I just don't see why it's like, well, it's no one's fault. Why would you then throw any someone under the bus? Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. Especially to make you look bad to his mother. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. I mean, let's say that he was afraid that his mother would blame him. Well, you know, that's that's life. That doesn't mean you still throw somebody under the bus. Yeah. I yeah, there's really no excuse for that. I question whether his cards actually got compromised and all that. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, most banks will actually do it within a couple of days, not a few weeks. So It depends on the bank. I've seen it actually go where it took a little bit longer than that but i still am questioning this yeah his story the reaction to it is is not when you deserve and not when you should put up with so 
time to move on, Sarah. And good luck in yeah. your future dating endeavors. But hey, at least you found this out after four months rather than sometimes people discover this after years. That's true. Of being in a relationship. So yeah, it's kind of that saying that when someone tells you who they are, believe them. He just told you exactly who he is. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, you can find more of us over at threeingreeners.com for more podcasts on this network. You can also find more of Steph's stuff over at stephaniesarkis.com. Including gaslighting, which, hey, Sarah, you might want to check out that book because it talks about people that throw people under the bus when they're trying to cover something up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also as well, do keep in mind that uh, you can also contact us through Seth's website as well. I know uh, mm -hmm. we had somebody last week that did. So yeah. if you prefer not to email, and I understand some people might not want to email for whatever reason, uh, you can always go through Steph's contact form on the website there and send us something. Yeah. So uh, with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.